0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be talking Bukayo Saka's new bumper contract. Apparently, it's worth quite a bit of money, and Bukayo Saka is going to sign that soon fingers crossed happy days we'll also be talking about Thomas Partey who picked up an injury whilst on international duty with Ghana we'll be discussing the latest around William Saliba's fitness we'll be talking about the rush for tickets for the final game of the season where Arsenal take on Wolverhampton Wanderers at home we'll also be bringing you up to speed with some news around the podcast and the channel as well as taking some of your questions and thoughts towards the end of the show if you're listening to us live uh, via YouTube, then please do leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if your brand's spanking new. If you're listening to us on the audio platforms, well, then please do leave us a review. Let's get into it. The Chronicles of Aguna, and we're live. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome along. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Good to see Uh, Lots of you in the live chat alongside me uh, this evening, Monday evening, Tuesday evening even, um, coming to you guys uh, from, of course, North London. Uh, Good to see um, lots of familiar names in the chat as always. Uh, A few hellos before we begin. Tamina is with us. Big hello to Derek who says, hiya buddy, I'm here in England, Uh, have come all the way from Australia, hoping to catch a live game at home. Any help would be appreciated. Up the gun. Uh, Big hello to Steve as well, to um to uh, Tom, to Paul as well, who are also in the live chat with us and everybody else joining us. Um, my advice to you, Derek, is just keep checking the ticket exchange, man. Um, it's We're in this situation this season where tickets are literally like gold dust. Like, I cannot believe um, how many sort of requests I've had over the past sort of few months for tickets. The problem is that without being... A season ticket holder it is very very difficult and we'll come on to talk about what happened earlier on today when silver members uh, were of course um able to purchase tickets for the final game of the season there was a lot of complaints around how that system works and and a lot of people um unhappy at the outcome there and we'll, as i say we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show um, but i mean it is really really difficult and if i could uh, hand out tickets for Arsenal games. Believe me, I would, because there's so many great people out there that um, travel from afar, but also that are based here that really, really do struggle uh, to find tickets for an Arsenal game these days. So um, if I hear of any spares, I promise I'll let you guys know. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's really difficult at the moment because the demand is so high. It's good in, a, in, in one way, you know, to know that Arsenal have that pull again and to know that so many people are interested in attending. Obviously, it's amazing for the club, but I understand the frustration, especially if you're someone who during the, you know, obviously this is not possible for people that are in another country, but I know there are a lot of people here in the UK who over the last few years have gone to a lot of games using silver memberships, red memberships, uh, because the demand for the tickets wasn't as high. And now, you know, they're not necessarily being rewarded for that loyalty because they're unable to get hold of tickets, um, you know, based on the demand and based on the way things are going, um, even with those memberships in place and having been successful so often uh, of late. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point from Rob in the chat. Uh, Afternoon Harry says, let our Aussie gooner know. Not to get suckered into these scam sites. There are some real sharks online. Do you know what? I was going to talk about this um, later on on the show, but do you know what? Seen as we're at that point, uh, seen as it's the discussion right now, let's do it. Um, let's do that first. I think let's get it um, out of the way because it's not the positive part of the podcast. You know, it's not the bit that we really kind of want to uh, hammer home here today. It's not the message that we really want to be putting out. But obviously, um, you know, people have felt really disappointed by the way things went today um i'd seen so many pictures on social media of people you know having to log on from five six seven devices pretty much every device they could get their hands on in order to try and get into that queue on time to be able to purchase tickets it is a bit of you know potluck you know when you're a silver member of which there are more than the tickets available of course it is about first come first served and You know, although we haven't won anything yet and that game could end up being a bit of a dead rubber, it has the potential to be a massive party and a a huge occasion for Arsenal Football Club. So I understand, as I say, why so many people want to go and why people that maybe weren't as interested in attending, um, you know, in previous seasons would make special arrangements and a special effort to come from abroad or from far or, you know, to, to make that effort to be there on that day. But it is just really, really difficult at the moment. But Rob's point is absolutely spot on. If you're looking for tickets, um, and I know this isn't always possible, but if you're looking for tickets, do check the right avenues first because there are sharks out there. There are people who are scamming people left, right and centre. I saw this thing going around earlier today. Let me just bring it up on my phone so I can make sure that I'm giving you guys accurate information. I saw this thing going around today where these tickets have been purchased uh, online not sure how. I know people talk about the ticketing system being broken. I don't really understand the the technical side of it. So I don't really know what it's about in terms of, you know, what time you need to log on or uh, how long it takes. Or I've heard people talking about the need to be on a private browser for that to help or to clear your history on your browser before you go into uh, the box office trying to purchase. I don't understand that element of it. Right. I'm not an expert on that. But what I do know is there's no way that tickets for a game against Wolverhampton Wanderers, which would be normally what category C are now being sold on low online for £1,700. There are people online selling these tickets on for £1,700 because of the significance that this game could potentially have. So please be careful. As Rob says, don't get sucked into handing over money or doing a transaction with someone who isn't legitimate you know i know that people i know that people are so desperate to go that they might feel the risk is worth it in some cases but if that th- does happen if you do go down that route and you get burned then there's not really much anyone can do for you and and you're not going to get an awful lot of sympathy unfortunately but i understand where we're at, I understand the the desire to be there and I understand why people really, really want to try and secure, um, you know, a seat for for what could be and, and could is the key word here. Uh, a massive, massive occasion for Arsenal, probably the biggest in about two decades. So, yeah, um, I get it. I get it. But yeah, please be careful online because there are so many sharks around and and so many people looking to make a quick buck and looking to sting people. Um, But anyway, let's move on from that. Let's talk Bukayo Saka. Now, it was reported last month by the Daily Mail that Arsenal had agreed a deal in principle with the 21-year-old England star. And I think that put people's minds at rest. You know, there was a lot of talk about Manchester City circling, about other clubs being interested in, in acquiring Bukayo Saka services. And I guess the big thing as an Arsenal fan was Could we match his ambition? Could we do or or could we prove to Bukayo Saka that on the pitch we're going in the right direction and that all the things that he will have aspirations of um, achieving are things that Arsenal can achieve, you know, that, that, that he can do those things here. That was what it was all about for me. And I think we're in a really good moment right now where we've proven that we've improved. We've proven that we're now competing at the top table. And whatever happens between now and the end of the season, whether Arsenal go on to be crowned champions or not, Arsenal um, will have been in the title race for the duration of the season. Most of the season, you know, 80% of the season, 75% of the season. I don't know how it works out in terms of the fixtures, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Like Arsenal will have shown Bukayo Saka that they've moved forward. And that makes it much easier to tie down talents like him Not only does it mean that you're likely to have this player for many, many years to come, but it also protects you in the event that the player does decide that they want to move on. And again, not that I'm talking about Bukayo Saka leaving or that I want him to leave, but that's something we've been so bad at making sure um, is the case for a long, long time. How many stars did we lose uh, when we first moved across to the Emirates and during sort of the back end of the Wenger era to bad contract situations, to not being able to tie people down. And when you listen to those players that did move on, you know, we at the time would call them Judases and we'd call them traitors and we'd call them this and we'd call them that. But the truth was every single one of those players um, turned around and said it was about the club not showing the ambition, um, you know, that they needed to show. It was about the club not... um, not convincing me of the project. It was about the club not going out and bringing in top players. It was about the club stagnating. And so if you're team is healthy and you're performing and you're producing results and you're competing for the biggest trophies you're in a much better negotiating position and players will not feel reluctant or concerned by the idea or the prospect of signing on the dotted line for a long period of time and so as I say we're in a great position when it comes to securing the futures of our youngsters and we all get caught up in transfer talk and we all Go into the summer looking at who we could sign, who we should sign, who we'd like to see come into the team, what are the areas in which we feel we need to improve. But the truth is that securing some of your best players and making sure that their future is at your football club, or at least you're protected in the event that they do want to try and engineer or force a move, that is equally as important, if not more important, than the business you do in terms of bringing people in. So, on that basis, Um, This is fantastic news. You know, we heard, as I say, a month ago from the Daily Mail uh, that this deal had been agreed in principle and the report that came out last night, yesterday, uh, whatever time of the day it dropped exactly, is that the 21-year-old will earn close to £15 million per season. He'll become the club's highest earner on up to £300,000 a week. Now... I I think I'm writing saying that when they come to this figure, it's based on what they think he will earn if he hits all of his bonuses. And that's why they word it very carefully up to 300k a week. A much more appealing headline is something around 300k per week than something that says 200k per week. That's just the way it works, right? You've got to be conscious of how these things are calculated. And I think this is a classic example of where they've looked at, based on the information they've got, how much Bukayo Saka could earn, the top end, the absolute ceiling amount. And they've quoted that because it's more sensationalist and it is more appealing to the masses. Now, Sammy Mockbell, who's reported this, is a fantastic journalist. And and Sammy Mockbell, um, you know, is normally really, really good. I'm not knocking him for the way this has been reported. It's just the way the media works. So when it says up to 300k, I think that's probably if... Bukayo Saka ticked every single box. But I'll tell you what, right now, with the way he's been playing, the way he's been performing, the way he's developed, you'd, be, you'd find it very difficult to find somebody who would question whether Bukayo Saka is worth even that top end, even 300 grand per week. That's how key he is. That's how good he's been. That's how important he's been. And not only is he adored by the Arsenal fans right now and sort of the Arsenal community and his teammates, Look at him on an international stage right now. He's adored by everyone. Everybody you speak to, everybody you hear from, talks about what an impressive young lad Bukayo Saka is. Everybody talks about what an unbelievable job, um, you know, he's done. Everybody talks about um, what an unbelievable sort of individual he is as a person. How down to earth he is. How fantastic he is to work with as a colleague, as a friend. But obviously the talent is there as well. So Bukayo Saka is, is well revered by everyone. And not only is he a massive asset to Arsenal on the pitch, but he's a huge asset off of it. He's an incredible ambassador for this football club. And that also factors into what he's worth. So if you are one of the minority that thinks, hold on a minute, great player, good player, but is anybody worth 300k per week? I would make the case and make the argument that Bukayo Saka's value as an ambassador for Arsenal Football Club and what he represents for Arsenal Football Club, somebody who's come up through the academy, somebody who's a product of End and has gone all the way to the first team and beyond and is now one of Europe's best players, the world's best players, being talked about over this past 24 hours as the best right winger in European football right now, you know, it, it, the journey in itself is is a massive positive to Arsenal because it gives them an example to showcase. It gives them um, a, a sort of example of the pathway that exists at this football club. Um, and, and you know, young players will, will look at that and think, yeah, this is a club where I get opportunities. I remember when Arsene Wenger was at the peak of his powers and he used to go out and talk to young players and there were a lot obviously that we didn't get. And we all hear those stories over and over again. Cristiano Ronaldo's Latan Ibrahimovic, Martin Odegaard the first time around, you know, but the reason Arsenal were even a consideration for those players at that time. Okay. We got some over the line, some we didn't, but the reason Arsenal was such a huge uh, pull and appeal and we even in those conversations wasn't because we were winning champions leagues every year. It was because people looked at our football club, saw a coach who had a knack and a record and, and previous of developing young players and taking them onto the next level, essentially turning them into superstars. And and that made them look at us as a club and go, well, I, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. In some cases, we were blown out of the water by the likes of Manchester United. For example, when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo, they paid way over what Arsenal were willing to pay. That's fine. It happens. You're not going to win every single one. But as I say, Bukayo Saka is not just a superb footballer, a wonderful footballer. But he's also an example of the pathway that exists and should exist at a healthy football club. Um, he's an incredibly popular figure commercially. His value increases by the minute. Um, you know, loved in England for the the fact that you know he did go to the Euros. He missed that key penalty in the shootout. Received racist abuse off the back of that which is obviously not a positive thing, but the way he reacted showed so much about his character. And and that was a real, it, it was a shit situation that turned into a feel good story because of how Bukayo Saka reacted to that adversity and came through it and is now in a much better place and is now much stronger mentally as a result of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm delighted with this news. Normally, 300k a week, I'd say, not sure about that. But in Bukayo Saka's case, he's absolutely worth every penny. Not quite Ozil's level in terms of the salary, but he's not a million miles off and he deserves this. This, when it gets announced, will be a huge boost to the football club. What I'm interested about now is is the timing. Are we going to get this announcement at the end of the season um, are we going to get this announcement officially? Uh, maybe if Arsenal get to a position where they're closing in on the Premier League title, are we going to get this announcement if something goes wrong and the club feel like this is something they can put out into the ether to kind of lift the mood again? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's positive news whenever it comes, wherever it comes from. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's be pleased about that. Moving on uh, from uh, Bakayo Saka, I want to talk a little bit about Thomas Partey uh, because, of course, the thing that everybody feared would happen with this international break appears to have happened when it comes to Thomas Partey. Now, he went out on international duty to represent Ghana, uh, talked about it on a recent episode. He played the first game and uh, performed really, really well, um, which was a massive bonus for Uh, For Ghana, because as I've said to you guys before, if you speak to Ghanaians and those that follow the national team quite closely, they'll tell you that they can't understand why Thomas Partey at club level performs at an incredible height. But when it comes to playing for the national team, just isn't quite the same. Um, So he played really well in the first game, but he was an unused substitute against Angola yesterday. Now, I remember reading this and you'll think he's just saying this with hindsight, but genuinely, I remember reading this on social media yesterday that that Partey was on the bench and thinking to myself, something doesn't sit right with me. Why would any manager who's looking for a result, a positive result, because we always get into this back and forth about, you know, don't play our players. Don't play them for more than 60 minutes. Don't play them in all of the games. The truth is an international manager does not give a shit about your interests at your football club. An international manager has a job to do and has results to get. And so they will do what is best for them. They will do what is best for them. So You know, Chris Hewton wouldn't willingly leave out Thomas Partey for no reason, just because he wants him to be fresh when he goes back to Arsenal. Chris Houghton's a Spurs lad. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about our title charge. Arsenal sent a a member of the medical team out to um, the, the Ghanaian camp with Thomas Partey to try and keep an eye on him, perhaps to manage his recovery after the games. I don't know, but they obviously feel like you know obviously he's hugely important to Arsenal's title push and title charge and they don't want to lose him and they want to take every precaution possible so when everybody else on social media yesterday was celebrating jumping up and down at the fact that Thomas Partey was on the bench there was a a little voice in the back of my mind nagging at me thinking but why why does that make sense how does that make sense? Does it make sense? Surely it doesn't. There's obviously some sort of issue. And it emerged later on after the game when Chris hutton faced the media that the reason Thomas Partey didn't play was because he had picked up a small injury. That's what Chris Hutton said. Now, you can only go by what he said in terms of, you know, absolute fact. But Charles Watts, Uh, brilliant reporter, um, one of the best in the business, um, friend of the show was on not too long ago. He reported today that that he's spoken to people close to Thomas Partey and, and the situation is this. He took part in a training session on Sunday. He felt something in his right leg and that was the issue. But he says based on his understanding, it is not a hamstring problem. Uh, He also said that the people close to Thomas Partey, who were obviously passing on the information, uh, believe that he will be fine for the weekend, although he's due to be or was due to be assessed at London Colney today um, for Arsenal to kind of take a much closer look and come to some sort of conclusion. Now, You don't ever want to be without Thomas Partey in the Premier League, right? But with Liverpool coming up next, we face a Leeds United side who are going to provide a stern test at the weekend. There's no doubt about that, but they have a whole host of players missing. If there is one of the two games that you're going to leave Thomas Partey out for, this is the one. Now, I prefer that he's fit and he plays... and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'd prefer that he plays 60-odd minutes if we're in a commanding position, you take him off, etc, etc. But, you know, now we're sweating over Thomas Partey's fitness. And this is exactly what we didn't want. And if you think back to last season, when it all come unstuck for Arsenal, and when it all fell apart, it was because we were without key players in the midfield in the heart of the defence, in the full-back positions. We were just ravaged by injuries and we didn't have the depth to cope. Now, yes, our depth has improved, but I still look at Thomas Partey and think he's in a league above Jorginho. So there's no question in my mind that without Thomas Partey, Arsenal are a weaker side. That is fact. I don't think anybody can argue that. So there is a concern. There is a problem. There is an issue. There is something that we're going to be sweating about now for the next few days and to to follow up on that we're going to talk William Saliba because he too uh, obviously suffered an injury uh, just prior to the international break he picked up a knock against uh, sporting now interestingly I was in the press conference um, after that game I was in and around the media bit and um, I told you guys at the time that William Saliba walked out of the stadium looking okay looking pretty cool Um, that isn't really an indication, to be honest. You know, you can only really see something visibly when it's a serious problem. So I took encouragement from the fact that, you know, he seemed to walk away okay and, and seemed to walk away looking pretty good. And we were told that he'd picked up a back injury or it was reported that he'd pick up a back injury. Now, if you read or listen to some of the stuff going around today, there are suggestions that this isn't a back problem for William Saliba and that this is a hamstring issue. Which worries me more. Um, neither are uh, nice injuries. Neither are good injuries to pick up what injury is. But, um, you know, we we've heard today from Chris Wheatley uh, that it is not a back problem. It's a hamstring issue that he was expected to be out for around about a fortnight. so why he didn't go on international duty uh, with the French, etc., etc. So a bit of time has passed. So you'll be hopeful that he's closer to a recovery and closer to being available again. But this is another key player in the spine of our team that we are now sweating over his fitness. And this is just the kind of shit that you don't want. You know, you, you don't need this. And we, we've we gone into an international break. We knew the Saliba thing existed. That was there already. But now we've got Partey to add to that pile of worries. And there's just... I, I don't know if it's the anxiety about the title race. I, I don't know what it is. But there's just this part of me that, like... I just got this sinking feeling when i read about the Partey stuff. And, and I feel like with the Saliba thing as well, um, you know, hopefully it's fine and it's OK and he's back at the weekend. But there's a part of me that is worried as well. And this is where Arsenal don't really help us. Now, on the one hand, they'll say that they're doing the right thing and they'll say that that's how it's got to be. That's how it should be. But they keep everything so hush-hush that you never know. We've heard players... Um, are still weeks away from a comeback and then they've popped up in the squad at the the following weekend. Take the Gabriel Jesus example. You know, we've heard players uh, are going to be out for three or four weeks and they're back within two weeks. Equally, over the years, we've heard players will be out for two weeks and seen them be sidelined for two months. So you just don't know what you're going to get. And Arsenal's uh, sort of secretive nature with these things, it just kind of plays onto the nerves of people that are obviously looking on Uh, with concern and looking on with worry, um, I guess. But yeah, that's where we are um, on that. So um, I've updated you on Saliba. I've updated you on Thomas Partey. Uh, We've talked about the silver member stuff uh, and all the issues around that earlier on today. And the reason, I'll I'll circle back to that just quickly because the reason I brought it up in the first place and, and, and the reason I kind of, wanted to talk about this a little bit outside of the warning people not to get scammed and and making sure that fellow gooners are not roped into these schemes that are going on online to try and almost coax people into buying tickets and paying crazy amounts of money for tickets in a lot of cases that don't even exist. I've seen a lot of back and forth on social media today between silver members who um, are normally able to purchase tickets um, in a sort of queuing system, first come, first served. uh, And a lot of season ticket holders that have gone, they've kind of turned their nose up to the silver members and gone, well, you know what? You're not committed because you're not a season ticket holder. And and, uh, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, it is the way it goes. That's the system. That's how it works. You know, before I got my season ticket, I was a silver member for a period of time. And I used to be one of the people that had to log on and try and get my ticket and had to fight to try and get my ticket. And I remember being a sort of 17-year-old working in a bank and having to find ways of sneaking off at 10 a.m. for a period of time so that I could log in and get the tickets for the big games because I knew if I'd left it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they'd all be gone. They'd be sold out. Today's tickets, today's silver membership allocation for the Wolves game, the final home game of the season... Sold out in four minutes, I was told. Four minutes. So unless you were at the front of the queue trying to get into that box office, you were not getting a ticket for shit, basically. Um, But I've seen those exchanges on social media. I digress a little bit there. And I don't like this snobbery towards silver members. That's the point I'm trying to make here, right? Because I know full well. I know people who have been season ticket holders for years and years And years, and when Arsenal were not performing, they weren't interested. Every week, you know, they'd find somebody to take their ticket on. A lot of them would pop it on the 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 ticket exchange, which is obviously the right thing to do if you are going to pass the ticket up. But a lot of these people, you know, weren't interested in attending when Arsenal were underperforming. A lot of these people weren't there on the cold Tuesday nights when we were getting pummeled by Manchester City in the snow. People weren't interested then. They had the season tickets and they renewed their season tickets because they knew that days like this would come again at some point where the demand would be huge. And they'd be able to either continue not going and sell those tickets on for crazy amounts of money, um, you know, or they'd be able to come back at the click of a finger. And that's fine. It's your prerogative. You pay for the ticket. You can do with it as you please but let's not get into this I'm a better supporter than you because I've got a season ticket when I know full well that a lot of those season ticket holders when times were rough were not interested in attending in the slightest I still know season ticket holders who when we play Manchester United, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool uh, you know they're, they're there they're the first ones there but when we play sporting on a Thursday and and Uh, you know uh, I don't know a midweek game against Southampton for example those guys won't be anywhere to be seen so I just I don't want to get into this whole snobbery thing around I've got a season ticket you haven't I think it's a horrible thing I think it's a horrible divide to have because a lot of those silver members are just as committed and would buy a season ticket if they could you know at the, the drop of a hat so those people log on every week. They find their tickets. They buy them. They still pay for them. They still attend the games. They still spend money in the stadium. They still spend money on merchandise. They're just as much fans as the people that have season tickets, and they're just as much fans as the people that watch from hundreds of thousands, hundred um, not hundreds of thousands, but from thousands of miles away, who you know watch on and and would love to be there week in week out. It's not a competition. Who's the better fan? I can't stand all that stuff, so I just wanted to make a point on that. Um, we are going to take a few of your questions as well, so start popping them in the chat. If you could put a cue at the beginning of your questions, that would really, really help me uh, in order to pick them out from uh, from the live chat box. But I did want to bring you guys an announcement about the podcast. Um, so you guys will have heard me say over the past uh, sort of few months on numerous occasions that. You know, this podcast is my baby. This podcast is the um you know, is the the basis of of my career. I've been really, really lucky to be able to develop some sort of career in football media, but this podcast has always been at the heart of that and always will be and always has been the most important part of my kind of routine. I I love doing it, I love speaking to you guys. And I've been beating myself up over the last couple of months because there have been occasions where I've not been able to deliver an episode or I've been able to do it at midday on one day and then at 5 p.m. the next day. And that inconsistency, it doesn't help, right? If you're a consumer, if you're a listener, if you're a fan of the show, you want to know that when I log on at this time on this day, there's going to be an episode. So for the last couple of months, I've been trying desperately to work out how I can do that how I can get back into that routine without letting things slip or undoing some of the work I've done in other areas to kind of progress my career as a broadcaster um, as a commentator and in the football media space generally speaking and so I've spent a bit of time putting some ducks in order I've spent a bit of time shifting my diary around with regards to some of the other work I do and what we are going to be doing from now on is we're going to bring you the podcast at 4.30pm Monday to Friday without fail. There will be a show Monday to Friday every single week dropping at 4.30pm. Most days it will be live. Most days it will be live on the odd occasion when I can't make it work and there is a clash. I will make sure that there is an episode recorded and ready to go earlier on in that day but that will be released in that slot the 4:30 slot so that you guys know where you're going and so that you guys uh, know when and where you can find the episodes so that's my commitment moving forward now there will be ad hoc additional stuff at different times um, so for example when we play at the weekend um, if we play on a Saturday you'll get a podcast you know as long as the timings work um, as long as you know the travel arrangements will work. You will get a podcast. If we play on a Saturday early, I'll be able to bring you a podcast on Saturday night if it's a home game. If I'm not able to do it, the worst possible case, I'll be doing it um, on the uh, on the Sunday morning. You'll always get stuff. You'll get stuff over the weekends relating to the matches, right? So I'll try and do those. I will continue to do those as close to the full-time whistle as I possibly can, as feasibly possible based on my work commitments. But Monday to Friday, 4.30 p.m. UK time, that is, you will have an episode and that will be released on YouTube and on audio. Now, if it's on audio, you'll get it slightly later. You'll get it as soon as we finish the live, um, because obviously we're live and then we take the audio and we release it to all of our audio listeners. Um, But if... um, if it's, uh, if it's a pre-record, then it will be available straight away at that time. Trini Gunna says, hope you can keep that commitment. Sounds like a tall order. I absolutely will um, keep that commitment because, um, as I say, over the last couple of months, I've worked really, really hard to put some things in place that will allow me to do that in terms of my routine, uh, but also in terms of the, the, the other side of the podcast, which is the you know, the the behind the scenes stuff, the, the partnership stuff, all of that stuff um, is in place. And that allows me now to be able to commit to this. And I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. Believe me, I, you can ask my wife I, how many times I've come in in the evening and gone, oh, I didn't get to do a podcast today. I've got to do it now but it's crap me doing it now because people don't expect it now so how many people are going to tune in live and I have seen the difference in the numbers like in terms of live concurrent viewers um, and live concurrent listeners it does drop when you change time all the time because people don't make it a part of their routine they can't because they don't know when it's coming so that's my commitment 4 30 p.m uk time Monday to Friday without fail you will get an episode of the Chronicles of Aguna. Some will be an hour, some will be half an hour, depending on the news that day, depending on what we've got to discuss. But you will get an episode. That is my commitment. And in the event that I cannot make that time on any given day, there will be a recorded edition that will drop at that time. So that is my commitment to you. And um I look forward to um to getting all of that back in order because yeah, it's been um it's been horrible for me as well because this podcast means so much to me um and um and I don't want to let it fall you know if anything I want to work towards making this one of the handful of things that I do on a daily basis and and yeah so um that's my kind of commitment right okay let's get some of your thoughts let's get some of your questions also as NSW says in the chat uh make sure you smash the likes guys let's try and get up to 100 likes that would really really help uh so uh yeah if you could um I would really really appreciate that. Also. Um, subscribe Um, and if you want to support the podcast further you can access our additional content via the another slice platform Um, the link is in the description if you're watching on youtube you'll find it on the screen visit another slice.com chronicles of aguna you can sign up there and you'll get access uh, to our uh, additional content you'll also not just be supporting the podcast you'll be supporting the great ormond street children's hospital as well uh, to whom we make donations from the membership pot so um yeah please do uh, check that out if you're interested um okay let's take some of these questions uh tired gunasaurus uh says will the other contracts martin odegaard ramsdale etc take as long to extend I think, look, the club will obviously have to prioritise certain situations, won't they? There'll be some players whose contracts are coming towards the end sooner. And so that becomes a more urgent matter. There'll be players that they value higher. So Bukayo Saka um, will be of more value to the football club than somebody who's a squad player, for example. And so the club will have to um, prioritise, you know, certain situations. That's just the way it goes. Um... And, and obviously, you know, there's two sides to this as well. Like the club, obviously, want to tie these players down. They want to protect themselves. They want to protect their assets. But equally, the players, their representatives, will want to get the best deals possible for their clients. So what you end up with is um, what you end up with is is sort of a, a a sort of acknowledgement from both sides that actually this isn't that urgent. The guy still got two, three years to run on his contract. We don't need to settle for anything less than what we believe we're worth. And the club will feel, well, we don't need to overpay at this stage either. So negotiations without any real urgency can often go that way. Um, but I'm confident that Arsenal are in a much better place in terms of being able to renew players' contracts and convince them to sign. Um, and, and that's for a number of reasons. So first of all, they've been able to cut people off the wage bill that just weren't of any value. Um that means we've had a smaller squad and sometimes people look at that as a negative and as a downside. But it's allowed us to build, I think, in the right way. It had to happen. We probably will come to a point where we're going, OK, well, if we're going to maintain this, we need a bit more money. And as these players get better, our wage bill will naturally increase. But Arsenal, I think, will, will cross that bridge when they come to it. Um, so, you know, that's that's been a big thing, getting people off the wage bill. Uh, but also backing the right horses is really, really important in this, isn't it? Like adding value to the players that you feel are more likely to hold that value. So Bakayo Saka at twenty one years old on the trajectory that he's on, that feels like a really safe bet, doesn't it? Um and and Arsenal, you know, need to get better at that and I think are getting better at that. So yeah, there's there's lots of factors to this. But I'm not overly stressed about anyone's contract situation because the, the overarching point here is that Arsenal are performing right now. And when you're performing and when you're sitting at the top of the table, it's much easier to convince people um, this is where they should be. And it's much easier for people to feel this is where they want to be. So, you know, we're in a great position at the moment. And I think when when talking about the Sackers and, and the rest of them, um, you know, we do need to um, make sure um that uh we of course um you know we yeah we, we we get these things done and and you know we we protect ourselves from the risk of them potentially moving on I lost my trailer of thought there but I think that's where I was going with that <laughs> um okay um let's take a couple more uh, uh lots of you saying blame Chris Hutton. yeah we should Spurs and all that uh thank you to Trini Guna for your um Kind words, mate. Really, really uh, appreciate it. Steve says, if Saka does actually uh, re-sign, will it be the signing of the season for you? Oh, i would be up there, wouldn't it? It would be up there for sure in terms of importance, significance and the statement it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. And, and it would be up there with the signings of the season. But if we did go on and win the league, you'd be looking at Zinchenko, you'd be looking at Jesus because they were players that came in and helped make the difference this season but yeah I mean yeah I mean what a coup it would be to tie Bukayo Saka down and the message it sends to everybody else is huge doesn't it Uh, let me take this one from Alex Jones who says do you feel we should stop planning around players uh, that are hold on I've clicked on this Um, players that are always injured should we become more ruthless on that front I think Arsenal have me and I think there are players that Arsenal are probably starting to think about now I I know he was signed relatively recently, but I think somebody like um, Tommy Asu is one the club will be concerned about. I think Tierney is one that the club were concerned about, hence the acquisition of Zinchenko. Or maybe they'd have signed him anyway, but you know, I certainly feel like they were more open to paying a bit more for Zinchenko because they were concerned about Tierney. So yeah, I do think that's uh, an important factor. Um, I think that's key. Um, and I think again, when I talk about backing the right horses, you got to try and back the right horses in terms of fitness as well. And you can't always predict that. You know, look at Thomas Partey, hardly an injury to his name prior to joining Arsenal. And since he's come, he's had problem after problem after problem. So you won't always get that right. But I think you need to use the evidence you have in front of you, the nature of those injuries, you know, the, ten- the likelihood of those reoccurring. And that's for the medical staff to advise and decide on. But yeah, I think yeah, you gotta you gotta try and back the right horses in, in all senses of the words or, or in all senses of the the phrase, if you like, and and yeah, certainly fitness comes into that for sure. Okay, guys, uh, I think I am gonna leave it there. Um, thank you all so much. I know uh, we came to you guys uh, that little bit later today, but as I say, four thirty p.m. Monday to Friday uh, we will be live on the Chronicles of Aguna. Uh, with a brand new edition so that is my commitment to you we'll also bring you ad hoc stuff around games over the weekend and if any other breaking news uh, that we feel is worthy of a discussion uh, comes up and we can we'll jump on we'll do lives we'll bring you additional podcasts we'll continue to bring you uh, different types of features we'll also continue to bring you additional content on the another Slice platform as well thank you for your support and commitment to the show Um, really really do appreciate it and i will see you all soon Uh, with more. Leave a like on the way out. Leave a review uh, if you haven't done so already. And I'll see you all uh, very, very soon. In fact, tomorrow. Until then, take care. Goodbye.